0: Reading this morning is from Mark's Gospel, uh, chapter 4, verses 26 to 34. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. He also said, This is what the kingdom of God is like a man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows. So he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces corn, first the stalk, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. As soon as the corn is ripe, he puts the sickle to it, because the harvest has come. Again, he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable should we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants, with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. With many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them, as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. But when he was alone and with his own disciples, he explained everything. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O oh Christ. So, good morning. It's good to be here to talk to you today. The last time I stood here to speak to you was February of 2020, well over a year ago. So this feels like a significant moment for me. My first talk here in church since the first lockdown. It's almost like emerging from a period of hibernation like waking up from a long sleep like stepping out of the darkness and into the light how are you how have you been what have you been doing (laughs) what have you been doing that's the question isn't it if you found yourself able to have a bit more social interaction lately you've probably been asked that question what have you been doing for the last 16 months actually it's a good question different people would have had very different experiences over the last year and a bit depending on their circumstances and i think it's good for us to talk about that but for many of us when someone asks what you've been doing it probably feels like you haven't got much to say i don't know about you but when the first lockdown was announced back in march last year i was quite anxious but i was also determined to be positive and make the best of it I was aware that I was suddenly going to have a lot of time at home on my own. So I started to make grand plans about what I could do with it. I was going to exercise every day and get myself into shape. I was going to be creative and maybe start writing again. I was going to be more disciplined in prayer and regular Bible study. I was going to make more effort to keep regular contact with friends and family. I was going to do stuff for charity... I was going to emerge from lockdown transformed like a butterfly emerging from a chrysalis. And everyone was going to look at me and say, wow, look at Paul. Did any of that happen? No. So what did I do? Well, I watched a lot of TV and films, not even films I hadn't seen before. I mean, at least that might have broadened my horizons, but no, I just rewatched lots of my favorite films. Like a familiar comfort blanket. Essentially I've been largely dormant. As far as work was concerned I was in the very fortunate position of knowing that I would continue to be paid my full wage. When lockdown was first announced we were asked to work from home which was interesting because at the time it was impossible to do 95% of my job from home. I was expecting to be very bored. But as it turned out, we had a group of new staff who were due to join the office in April. I've always enjoyed training new staff. It's not something I would normally get to do in my current role. But as I had time on my hands, I leapt at the chance to oversee their initial training. I got to know them pretty well, speaking to them online every day, and introducing them to the complex world of land registration. By June of last year, when it was clear that we would not be returning to the office any soon, our IT department had found a way to allow us to pretty much work as normal from home, and I returned to my normal duties. The new staff went off for further training and eventually took up their new roles. Working from home has meant that I have not seen them every day, as I would have done in the office, and I've largely lost track of their progress. But every now and then, I'll get a call or an email from one of them with a query on a case they are dealing with and I'll smile to myself, thinking how far they've come since I first met them on those first few weeks of their initial training. A couple of them have even been promoted since then. Now, I don't think it would be fair for me to take all of the credit for that, but I like to think that in those first few weeks, I sowed some seeds. Do you see what I did there? Talking of sowing seeds, I know from talking to people that one thing many of you have been doing over the last year and a bit is spending time in your gardens. Now, I may have mentioned this before, but I'm not much of a gardener. I don't have a garden of my own, and I don't have much interest in gardening or plants. I say I may have mentioned this before. I definitely have mentioned it before. I said those exact same words, in fact, last time I spoke to you in our online service last month. On that occasion, Jody kindly invited me to talk about a, a passage from John's Gospel about the vine and the branches. So, naturally, when faced with two parables about growing seed, plants from seeds, Jody thought, I know, we'll get our resident gardening expert on this one. Honestly, is there not a parable about Star Wars or something? The parable of the last Jedi? I feel like I've done the homework for that one. Well, I obviously impressed everyone with my deep horticultural insights last time, so brace yourself for some more of the same. Actually, if gardening was as easy as it sounds in today's passage, I don't think I'd mind it so much. One of the things that puts me off gardening is that it always seems like so much work. But maybe you gardeners have just been making a bit of a meal out of it. Just chuck a few seeds on the ground and leave them to it, simple as that. As I understand it, gardens take a bit more work than that. But of course it's true that once they're sown, seeds will flourish quite happily on their own, without all that extra work, given the right conditions. There's another parable earlier in this chapter of Mark's Gospel that talks about the conditions a seed needs to flourish. We're not looking at that passage today, but you might be familiar with the parable of the sower and the seeds that land on different types of ground. Gardens will take more work if you want your plants to grow according to your design. But plants manage perfectly well on their own in the wild, where they're allowed to grow according to God's design. That's sort of the point of this parable. This, Jesus tells us, is what the kingdom of God is like. Once the seed is sown, it begins to sprout and grow. That growth is not immediately apparent. It's unseen at first because the seed is buried, hidden underground. But eventually, it begins to emerge from the soil. It grows, flourishes, and bears fruit, ready for the harvest. That image of the harvest would have been familiar to Jesus' Jewish listeners. The word Jesus uses echoes the words of the prophet Joel, talking about the coming of the day of the Lord. You may not have seen it yet, Jesus is saying, but that day is coming. Seeds are being sown. Days and nights pass. The man in the story goes to sleep at night and rises every morning. The seed grows, but the man doesn't know how. There's a hint here. The seed, in fact, is part of that same constant cycle of night and day, sleeping and rising, winter and summer, death and life. The seed is laid to rest in the ground, and then it rises. Can you see what Jesus might be hinting at? The word resurrection has a very particular meaning for us, it comes from a latin word which simply means to rise jesus ministry of teaching and healing had attracted a lot of attention but it's easy to see how people might not immediately have recognized it as a sign that the kingdom of god had come near the carpenter from nazareth with a bunch of disciples who were mainly manual laborers and or social outcasts it may have been difficult to see how anything significant could grow from such a humble seed But the parable of the mustard seed is a reminder that great things can grow from small seeds. Jesus is telling his listeners not to underestimate what will grow from the seeds sown by his ministry. And perhaps he is also telling us not to underestimate what God can do with whatever humble seeds you might sow. You may not feel like you've done much over these last few months, but maybe you've done more than you know. That phone call to a friend... That little act of kindness might just be the seed that flourishes and bears fruit. There's another interesting image, almost hidden in the parable of the mustard seed. The smallest of seeds becomes the largest of plants, with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. Now this could just be an image of God's kingdom giving shelter and protection. But it's interesting to note that In the earlier parable of the sower, the birds prevented the growth and flourishing of the seeds by gobbling them up when they fell on the path. It's interesting to think that the kingdom of God providing a welcome shelter even to those who have been its enemies initially. As we begin to emerge slowly and cautiously out of the darkness of lockdown and into the light of summer, it may feel like you've been dormant for a while. That God hasn't been doing much in our lives or in the world. But I have no doubt that seeds have been sown. Sometimes it's the smallest seeds that God plants in our lives or that we plant in the lives of others that can grow and bear fruit. So continue to sow seeds. And continue to look for signs of growth. For those first green shoots emerging from the soil. For this is what the kingdom of God is like. Amen.